It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available on iHeartRadio every morning across this holiday season, also on Spotify and Apple, and of course, wherever you get your podcast from. Well, here we are on a Thursday morning. The week is starting to rattle off, and it is the 5th of January for 2023. I hope that you are still on holiday, having a bit of a break, recharging the mind, body and soul. So important, isn't it, to take time out now because one gets the feeling that we are in for another busy, hectic, uh, maybe chaotic year of changes and adapting to whatever might be the real estate market in the second half of 2023. I just want to see the end of the Ukraine war as quickly as possible. You know, the UK with their energy problems is causing a lot of stress, a lot of pain for people just trying to pay their bills. And I think it's agreed now that uh, the UK is heading into a recession. Now, talking of recession, coming up next, Warren Hogan is here and we're travelling down that time tunnel again back to August of last year with a little bit of a snapshot of what was happening in the market. Also today being January the 5th, if you are celebrating your birthday, many happy returns. You are celebrating your birthday with Bradley Cooper, who is turning 47. Robert Duvall, he is 91 today. January Jones, she's turning 44. Of course, Mrs. Draper from Mad Men. Marilyn Manson is turning 53. And the actor Diane Keaton, She is turning 76 today. It's your weekday real estate breakfast with news, interviews and predictions every morning on the Real Estate Podcast. It's the main centre forecast with PRD, selling smarter every day. All right, let's head around the country and have a look at your weather on this Thursday morning. Good morning to you in Sydney, expecting some showers today and becoming windy. 23 is your forecast top. In Melbourne, also cloudy skies, but it should be mainly dry with 24. In Brisbane, expecting wet stuff with showers and 30 degrees. And in Perth today, Gee, look at that temperature. It is a heat wave. Sunny blue skies and expecting 38 degrees. Informing you every morning from 6.30 with the latest real estate property news seven days a week, only on the Real Estate Breakfast. Well, let's right now head back down into the time tunnel this morning to August of last year when we spoke to economist Warren Hogan. And it was at a time after the four cash rate rises had taken in place. The RBA, of course, was signalling their intent that they were serious about bringing inflation under control. And the global inflationary problems was really starting to escalate back in August of last year, and the US was also hurting. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Well, firstly, we are not going to be getting any new inflation numbers until October. You're one person who is saying, hang on just a moment, RBA, cool your jets and pause for potentially a couple of months. Let's see what's going to happen, catch our breath and see what those global factors and where they're going to land into the argument first before any further cash rate hikes. 
Yeah, no, I think a, a wise strategy from here would be to, to sit back for a while. My calculation is that the total interest payments of mortgage holders in Australia is going to almost have doubled in the, this period. And because we have so many variable rate mortgages in Australia, we're going to see a, a pretty immediate impact. When I say that, I don't mean within days and weeks, but within weeks and months, we're going to see the, the results of what this first wave of rate hikes is doing, particularly to the housing market. So I think it's worth just sitting back for a month or two. I don't think this is the end of the tightening cycle by any stretch. They think they've got a pretty clear idea that they want to get the cash rate up to two and a half to three. But I just don't think they should rush it all through in the next few months. They should, they should just seize back a little bit. But there's also a case, a strategy, a, a tactic to get it done early and then sit back and get the pain out of the way. I'm just a little bit more cautious, I suppose, at the moment. And looking at those two big global issues, of course, we've got the war in the Ukraine and we've got China. So if one of those resolved themselves in the next, say, four to six months, how would that all play out with the numbers around inflation starting to ease back? Well, I think we're already starting to see the effects of the war in the Ukraine unravel in terms of inflation in the sense that the two key commodities that were impacted, energy and wheat, are coming off. Maybe not, you know, the problems that Europe faces in terms of supply and price, but the price of oil is now down under 100 price of petrol here in Australia is coming off a bit, which is great, and the price of wheat's well down, and other commodities, timber's down a lot. So we're starting to see the whether it's the war-related issues or the, the general supply chain problems of the pandemic period unwinding. But the real, I think that what we've learned in the last month or so is the real international story is, is that we're starting to see the big economies of the world slow down, uh, particularly the United States. And if that slowdown starts to really gather some steam in the next few months, it suggests that the RBA might not have to do as much as they first thought, or they could be a bit more measured. I'm not sure, but I think it's worth observing. And the, the big one for me really is is the United States right now. And Australia has always been resilient when situations are at a tipping point, which is where we find ourselves. And if I was a gambler, Warren, I'd say to people, never bet against Australia's economy because for that very reason, resilience. Yeah, and don't bet against our housing market. You know, I worked in banking uh, in terms of the big four at ANZ and at Westpac when I was early in my career. And I spent a lot of time in the first 20 years of this century trying to explain to people all around the world, particularly overseas, why the Australian housing market wasn't about to fall into a massive hole. And there's lots of reasons for it, not least that our country is extremely successful economically uh, to this day. But also, you know, we have certain characteristics of our housing market that are important to never forget. And the one is we never have enough houses. <laughs> and uh, that is critical to the prospects of uh, any downturn. We're going to get a downturn in the housing market. There's no two ways about it. But I don't think it's going to be the disaster that some worry about. There's certainly going to be a significant price adjustment in some markets in the back half of 22 and into 23. But we are a resilient economy. We're generally well managed. We tend to not see it so much onshore, but we are. And um, our housing market is a lot more resilient than, than many think. Let's take a look at those first home buyers. I don't know if you know the answer to this one. A lot of them are turning to the bank of mum and dad to help them into their first property. A thought here is how exposed potentially could mum and dad be if they have guaranteed the loan and something happens to Mary or Johnny, they lose their job and I guess a double whammy if something happened to mum and dad, perhaps their business went bust, suddenly there's real pressure there. 
Yeah, and it's very hard to get data on this, and it is obviously something that's become a lot more prominent. There was a clear wave of first-home buyers entering the market at the start of the pandemic, and the history shows that first-home buyers tend to be about 15% of the mortgage market anyway, and then every 10 years or so, we seem to have this surge of activity when house prices fall or interest rates fall or the government provides an incentive, usually all three at once. So in 2000 and you know, through the GFC, we saw it, we saw it at the start of the pandemic. So there's no doubt that when interest rates rise in every cycle, the most vulnerable are the first home buyers who've got into the market in the previous sort of 12 to 18 months. Quite rightly, when you're a first home buyer and you're young, you take the most risk because you've got plenty of time. And of course, your career is likely to see increases in income due to promotion, not just the normal increase in wages that everyone gets. So there is a lot of risk that people will rightly take on, but of course that means you're vulnerable in those early stages. And every time rates go up, that's where the pressure's felt, as well as highly leveraged investors, but that's a different story. This cycle, I'm particularly worried about it, both because of the bank of mum and dad phenomenon, getting a lot more people in, and also because of the speed with which rates are going up now. The good news is that the employment markets are holding up so far. But if that changes next week, the issue you raise comes into play. And I think there's going to, there's something we need to watch very closely because you do not want to see forced selling in any housing market. We've avoided that in, in broadly in the last 20, 30 years in Australia. And you'd hate to see that the because of the extra leverage brought into the system, because of the bank of mum and dad, the extra risk, if the circumstances change enough that you do get extra forced selling. And I think that's something we need to watch closely. At this stage, I have no reason to believe it's going to be severe, but it is certainly going to be a key dynamic at the margin of the property market. And finally, the stalling of the economy, I think you've mentioned as a possibility next year, but there is still plenty of gas in the tank for this year. Could that come any sooner? It is. And what we seem to be seeing is for some reason, I can't explain it, Australia is six months behind everyone in this cycle in terms of both growth and inflation. And it's good for us because we can learn from others, whether it's New Zealand, the United States, the UK. And the US is looking like it's starting to roll over now. The New Zealand housing market certainly has. I'm not sure exactly, but the numbers in Australia right up until you know this winter look pretty good. I know consumer sentiment's terrible, but that's sort of a, a different story. That is that cost of living issue. Employment seems good. The demand for labour more generally seems good. Spending seems good. I mean, even in the housing market, we haven't seen a, a massive collapse in the demand for mortgages. They're coming off, but they're still at pretty high levels. And prices are adjusting, but you know, I'm still I'm not convinced that we're seeing a rout in the housing market, so to speak. So I think it could start to happen towards the end of the year as we go into summer. And of course, if it does, that hopefully means the RBA doesn't have to take the cash raters up as much and, and there's less risk that they overshoot and have an error. So I think it's the end of this year, early next year that we have our soft patch and it's a desirable soft patch. It's better to have a short-lived, shallow downturn in the next six to nine months than leave it till later and have a big recession in late 23 or 24. Well, it's all going to pan out one way or the other. Warren, thank you so much for coming on to the Real Estate Podcast this morning. We'll talk again soon. Thanks for having me, Craig. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.